Welcome to Bakersfield First Assembly of God's podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon. What a joy to be with you. Well, thank you. And many of you have heard me say this before. Uh, they handed me a bottle of water before I came up here. I don't know if I'll avail myself of this, but I always take it in hand because I've heard there's nothing worse than a, than a dry preacher. <laughs> and I was enjoying the worship as I was waiting to come out here and found myself trying to clap my hands with this in my hand. And I'm, th- I'm glad this communion... Fruit of the vine is not carbonated, or when it comes time, that could be a problem. We're at a very special time this morning. It is the first Sunday of the month. It is a time that many churches take communion. It's not the same everywhere, and today, I don't know that I'll be saying anything new to each and every one of you, but maybe some of you will learn something new today, and I already have in the presence of the Lord as His Spirit just kind of unfolds within me fresh thoughts. And uh, we'll see if the Holy Spirit lets me allow, uh, allows me to share those with you this morning. But I, I'm privileged that I was asked to come and until you select a pastor, be able to do your communion services over the next few months. Um, should the Lord will, and that's what I do, I'm trying to build and each one will be very unique and different because communion is filled with rich and deep meaning. This morning, I want to talk to you about communion beyond ritual. I don't know about how you've experienced it at various churches where I've gone. I have uh, seen communion that just tacked on at the, at the end of the service. But I don't know if you realize that that's not what's happening here this morning. Thank you, worship team. You prepared my heart for the presence of God. You opened my spirit. Everything flows together. There is a rich harmony so that we might hear the still small voice of God or if he decides to thunder like he did on (laughs) Mount Sinai, we definitely want to hear that. Today I'm asking the Holy Spirit to whisper into each of our hearts or talk louder if necessary to expose the areas where we each and everyone need to grow. I want to open with four verses found in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 beginning with verse 23. The Apostle Paul had uh, told us that Jesus himself came to him and told him what communion should be and what it's all about. Often in the early church, it was a full church meal. And there were some abuses going on. And it's not that it still can't be a full church meal, but I'll tell you, if you came here to have communion, you thought you was going to be able to skip lunch. I have bad news for you. As one man said, leaving a church service that I was the pastor many years ago, he says, that church served the smallest treats I've ever seen. (laughs) I'm here to tell you, it may look small, but this is the greatest treat you've ever seen. 
Without a full meal, often communion has become a ritual. I don't believe it should ever be a ritual. It is something filled with the vitality and the life of God himself. Paul said, I received from the Lord. From who? From the Lord. That which also I delivered to you. I've already told you this, he said. That the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. I hope you're already remembering Jesus and the magnificent work he accomplished for you and I. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And this isn't just about remembering. This is about experiencing. And this is about looking forward to the future. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Hope that was the bell of approval. (laughs) So today we celebrate the Lord's table or communion. It's called by many names. This has been observed since the founding of the church. Some churches do this every Sunday. Some churches do it once a month. He didn't say how often. He said, as often as you do it. I'd like to challenge you that as often as you sit for a meal, that you have a bit of the communion of the Lord. So it becomes a daily thing. But remember, even though it's been from the founding of the church, communion, the Lord's table, it's a time for God's family to come together. As we uh, are observing this this morning, I look out across this congregation and notice if you're a congregation, that's not an audience. Today, we had worship leaders and the congregation were the performers. If you think these folks came to perform for you, you're mistaken. As one man said, he said, you know, uh, I really didn't like the worship today. It's okay, we weren't worshiping you. (laughs) When it comes to worship and our gathering together, God is the audience. We are the performers. And there's something powerful when his word tells us that he inhabits the praises of his people. And we've all experienced, well, maybe not all of us, but many of us have experienced those times when worship becomes so personal, so rich, so deep, that we realize and recognize, yes, he's here. They said he's here when we gather in his name, but sometimes it seems like he's here more than other times. We call that the conscious presence of God. 
It is my prayer that we will experience and have experienced and are experiencing the conscious presence of God this morning. For we are a needy people. I'm a needy man. I need him. I need his work in my life. Continuously. The Apostle Paul, as he came toward the end of his life, he said, I had not yet attained. As a young Christian, I said, by the time I get to where Paul is, I want to attain. Well, I'm beyond his years and I haven't attained. It's a constant matter of growth. So wherever you are in your journey of growth, let today be a marked progress on your chart. That informal chart in heaven. So if we were to visit other churches, what might we see? Well, we might see something as we witness their celebration being a little different. An informal meeting where there's some exhortation and self-examination. That's good. That's positive. As I mention these, I'm not being critical of any of them that are different than ours. Uh, my wife, Sandy, right down here. Wave your hand. They know where it is. Okay. That's it. She belongs to me. Uh, we visited a church. That was an experience, wasn't it, dear? I had never been to an Orthodox church in my life. How many of you ever been to an Orthodox church? Okay. My goodness. First of all, I don't know, it's two and a half hours long. Yeah, I, I, I thought, this looks like an hourglass. Does that mean I can preach an hour? No. <laughs> two and a half hours. And uh, there's a certain time where they take the communion, they get it prepared, and it's blessed. But we're visitors, so we're not members of that church. So they had a separate loaf of bread for us. Well, we don't know that. I'm sitting down when they're standing up. I'm standing up when they're sitting down. It was obvious we were not members. So when it came time for communion, it was interesting. Several of the members went over to a separate loaf of unblessed bread and ripped it apart and brought it to us. I'm not being critical of that. I'm just saying, I'm the one that was ignorant. I didn't know what was going on. But I ate the bread. (laughs) It was a great message, too, that morning. Two and a half hours, we have not been back. (laughs) Just, Just saying. So, in some places, there will be the loaf of bread, a chalice, or it might be bread in, in uh, small pieces and, 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 and a small cup for the fruit of the vine. Um, and sometimes people are served and have communion in their seats like we will do here today. And then, of course, in recent years, we have discovered the magic of these little devices. And as I looked at this one, this one... I think, okay, this is different. The bread's on the bottom. We'll peel that off, and this is here. Because some of them had them both on top for a while, and, you know, by the time I got the bread out, I'd spill the, uh, the fruit of the vine all over my, my clothes. <laughs> I'm not being irreverent. I'm just talking about human things. Because this, though it is the fruit of the vine and it is bread, it represents something much greater. Something much more powerful. Something much more wonderful. And in some places, this will be served by priests 
and attendants and colorful uh, vestments. Well, here I am in tan and green or whatever, not very colorful. In a few moments, I'm going to say some Latin words. I took Latin in high school. Why? Because Mrs. Hall had the bluest eyes I had ever seen when I was 15 years old. But when I was taking Latin, and she knew I was going to, you know, they asked about what we thought we'd do in life, and I'd felt a call to the ministry. She thought I was going to be a Catholic priest. Well, that's not going to happen. Uh, The Lord has seen fit to place my wife and I among people that we're able to be a witness to that is unique for our lives. We've been very involved in some political circles, and last night we were at a 50th wedding anniversary with the head of the Republican Party in San Luis Obispo County. County supervisors were there, people that in the past I really had no interaction with in my whole life, and, and uh, uh, many of them own wineries, and I'm not going to be pick on anybody who has a glass of wine or anything like that, but I'm just saying... Uh, I was offered a glass of wine by the head of the Republican Party, and I said, uh, uh, Randall, thank you for offering that. Now, in your church, your pastors have to give up something. Your ministers have to give up women. In my church, we have to give up alcohol. I got the better deal. <laughs> Just saying. And in some, only the priest drinks the wine, and the people get the wafer or the bread. I want to remind you, Jesus said, this is my body. Those words are hoc et corpus meum in Latin. And there's a moment in those churches where a bell rings or some dedication happens, and they believe this actually becomes his flesh and blood. That is not our doctrine. I'm not going to criticize them for that. I'm saying that's not what we believe. We believe this is a symbol of his body. A symbol of his bread. Of his blood that was shed for you and I. And then when taken in faith, it is powerful. When taken in ritual, it means nothing more than the ritual of baptism. If you do not have faith in Jesus Christ... If you have not repented of your sins and received him as your savior, water baptism will get you wet. But if done in faith, it is obedience to the command of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is death to our sin and life, resurrection life to our new life as we walk in that new life. In the Latin, excuse me, in the Greek tradition, this is referred to as a mystery from the Greek mysterion. In the Latin, it's called the mass from the priest's words of dismissal. <laughs> when I say that, I could, I always remember um, I had a part in a funeral at a Roman Catholic church. And as we went out the door at the end, I noticed a sign in the foyer. How do you like this? You know, as ministers, all of us, doesn't matter, matter your denomination, we know how to give. Give the gift that keeps on giving. Guilt. (laughs) Uh, And I'm not beyond that. I use every tool God gets me. 
But they had a sign, literally, in the lobby of the church as you left. Remember, Judas left first too. This is often referred to as a sacrament from the Latin word sacramentum, which means pledge of allegiance. It is a pledge of allegiance to Jesus Christ and to his work on the cross. We often call it the Lord's Supper, the Lord's Table, the Eucharist, from the Greek Eucharista, meaning Thanksgiving. And some is called, and that's what we do, the koinonia. That's the Greek for communion. Communion means there's more than one of us here. We're not only communing with him, we're communing with one another. That we, as the scripture says, may be one, as he and the Father are one. (laughs) Some of you are as old as I are, older, and you remember that old song. Makes me love everybody, makes me love. Of course, it took me a while to understand as a new Christian that he has to make us love everybody. But if Christ loves us, so we can love those who we think are unlovely. Now, some will ascribe no significance to this memorial meal. They're wrong. There's great significance. I reject the mistaken idea that it is more than it is. I reject the idea that this is actual blood and flesh. I know what it is. But let me tell you, that little piece of bread... Maybe it'll become a sparkle in my eye. The juice will become a little bit, not much of it there, but it'll be a little bit of energy. But in faith, it'll become more than that. Let us not make this more than it is, and let us not make it less than it is. Let us know the power of it. The Lord's table is not a magical rite. It's not something you can say, well, things must be right with God. I, I, I take communion every time I have an opportunity. It's what happens when you take communion. It does not in, in and of itself impart grace, and neither is it a nostalgic ceremony where we're just looking back into the past. It is that, but it's more. It is an ordinance of the church, like water baptism, which is an ordinance of the church. And if we understand it well, it will bring us into the very presence of God. That is my passion this morning. That is my dream, my hope for every one of us. That you, that I, will experience a freshness of the presence of Jesus Christ of the presence of the Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the living God who is there with you, in you, around you, filling this building, speaking to you. I told my wife, I said, uh, at some point I thought about making an announcement that this sermon is copyrighted and you're not allowed to rewrite it in your mind. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I I was surprised after many years of ministry when people would feed back what they got from a sermon. I go, that wasn't what I preached at all. (laughs) 
until I realized the Holy Spirit was working on the other end. I acquiesce to the Holy Spirit. Do with it, O Lord, whatever you can. Bring fresh thoughts. But let us have an experience with God. This is a time for us to deal with sin. Oh, is he going to use guilt? You better believe it. It's a time to restore fellowship with God. It's a time to restore fellowship with one another. This is a time that testifies of the meaning of Christ's sacrificial death. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you now? Beyond what this preacher says. Listen closely. <laughs> I think of a lady one time told her pastor, she said, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know what seems to be separating me from God. There's something in my heart. And I, 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 you know, I just pray for God to show me. Pastor gave her some good advice. He says, why don't you go to the altar and guess at it? You'll probably get it right. God is more willing to meet us than we are often willing to be met. And today he wants to meet with us. The other thing that this does today, what was that last verse? Eat this bread, drink this cup. You proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Let me tell you something. This tells us Jesus will return. He will split open the heavens. The trumpet will sound. And Jesus will return to earth again. His feet shall touch the Mount of Olives. It will split asunder. And there will be a fresh kingdom on the earth. It is called the advent of Christ. We also believe that there's a forerunner to that called the catching away of the church. But that's a whole other sermon. He's coming again. So yeah, they've been saying that for 2,000 years. Well, it's closer now than when we started. <laughs> He's coming again. These are symbols of opportunity to partake of the Lord Jesus himself. It was Jesus in John 6, who said, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Because of that saying in the early church, the early church was accused by the Romans of cannibalism. Because the Romans didn't understand the symbolic and the spiritual message of Jesus Christ. What is in this today? You see, there's a piece of bread that represents his body. His body that never experienced sin, never experienced failure, never experienced sickness or disease. That is why I can say today, not based upon my own experience, but though I've had some wonderful experiences of divine healing, and I could use some more today, But I can say to you that by his stripes we are healed. Not only our spirit, but our body as well. All over this place, for every person here, it might be, it could be, it's possible 
it'll be a whole different service than it is for all the others of us. It is tailor-made. It is unique. It is for you. It is for me. And when we come to communion, there are always those that say, I don't think I'm worthy. Let me settle that issue for you. You're not. And neither am I. He didn't tell us if we're unworthy, we can't come. He says in the process of this, he will make you worthy. I'm not making light of this, that we should come to the Lord with unconfessed sin. Confess it. Get it out of the way. And it could be that you're here today and not even a follower of Christ. You've been struggling with, do I really give my heart to the Lord? There's no no better altar call in the world than to pick up the cup and say, yes, I will follow you. It is a sacrament. It is the pledge of allegiance. It is my open confession that I will be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. This table is denied to no one except for those who refuse it. Some churches, you have to have your name on their church roll. In our church, you just have to have your name on the roll that is kept in heaven. Hallelujah. I agree with you. So, I'm encouraging you today to enter into a living relationship and communion with him. And realize that partaking in faith does impart. Partaking of this in faith this morning does impart the blessings of grace. As we prepare to celebrate the Lord's table throughout this message today, I want communion to already be happening within my heart and your heart. Ask God to give you a fresh appreciation of Jesus' work on the cross. Ask God to give you a fresh appreciation For the greatest sacrifice of all that God himself put on human skin and walked among us. That's the definition of tabernacle. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. How great and mighty is he. All the words that we saw. We have been singing earlier. They've been preparing our minds and our hearts for this moment as we come to the table of the Lord. I'm saying at this point in the message, we should already have our feet under the table of the Lord. You might want to pull your chair up a little closer, but that's tough with those pews. We don't want anybody uprooting anything. Yeah. Father, with that fresh appreciation, we come to you today. Christ's broken body is in the bread. There's a dual truth here. The truth of suffering and the truth of sufficiency. Now can I say to you this morning, there are those who think that we command God and and all that. We say, okay God, you have to heal me and heal me this way. He doesn't. That's why we call them prayer requests, not prayer demands. Wouldn't it be nice if you could order God around? I mean, you could order him how to do the stock market and other things like that. But I don't order God. He orders me. And he orders you. His broken body. It reveals the seriousness of sin. 
It reveals what the psalmist wrote in Psalms 5, verse 5. You hate all workers of iniquity. Hmm. It's the iniquity that he hates. Again, I don't, there's a little three-chapter minor prophet. And you know the difference between major prophets and minor prophets. I'm sure you do. Major prophets wrote long books. Minor prophets wrote short books. That's it. It wasn't that one's more inspired than the other. Habakkuk was a minor prophet. Three chapters. Wonderful little book. Especially if you're wondering why our country's in such a mess today and how can God use a country more wicked than us? Because that was the perplexity of Habakkuk. To judge us as he did with Israel. Habakkuk 1.13 says... Your eyes are too pure to approve evil, and you cannot look on wickedness with favor. How clear that is. But it's announced more, even more clear by the Apostle Paul in Romans 6.15 when he says, Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. Jeremiah says, There's not a just man upon the face of the earth that doeth good and sinneth not. That's why salvation is universal Because sin is universal. His suffering, the suffering of Christ reveals that God is holy and he's too pure to condone sin. He's not going to stand at that last day, blow the trumpet and say, Ali, Ali, absent, all in free. No. There is a heaven and there is a hell. How many places have you been when they say about the deceased? He's in a better place. My goodness. And you know the person. And sometimes they are in a better place. But just because you die and your suffering in this world is over doesn't mean your sufferings are over. Unless you know Jesus. There's the power in this cup. The same Holy Spirit that is in this service today and dwells in my body and in you, that Holy Spirit will resurrect us on the day of resurrection. All that is wrapped up in this. I guess I should save some of this for the next time I get to be with you here. Let me try to wind this up. The scripture says this this shows us God's provision It is Romans 8.32. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? God wants us blessed beyond measure. He'll not withhold anything from us. And his body was broken for our sake. Isaiah, the prophet, that he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening of our well-being fell upon him, and by his scourging we are healed. So I say to you this morning, if you need his sufficiency, I need his sufficiency. Then in sweet surrender to him, partake of the bread in a few moments, and by faith receive that living bread. Then the final part, the blood. When I was a new Christian, there was something called the liberal churches. And most of them now, we've noticed, aren't even churches. And they would refer to those of us who are fundamental 
evangelical. Call us whatever name you want. Bible believers. They call us, oh, you have that bloody religion. You sing about blood. Huh, you better believe we do. Blood is a symbol of life, and it speaks of his life being poured out for you and I. In the Torah, the Pentateuch, we call it. Leviticus 17, 11 says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you on the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood by reason of the life that makes atonement. And the writer of the book of Hebrews wound it up for us in the New Covenant. According to the law, one may almost say all things are cleansed with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. God required death to pay for sin. That's the penalty. So God, who cannot die, who is not a man, became a man and died. If I had a little more confidence in my flesh, I'd dance for you right now. The bread. The fruit of the vine. Jesus instituted this Lord's table at Passover. That'll be another message. But he did so because he was the lamb slain from the foundation of the earth. One visual from that. In the Passover, they took the hyssop and they dipped it in the blood of the lamb. Here's the door. Up on top. And it would drip down to the bottom. On each side. And if you connect the dots, you have a cross. And the death angel passed over that. On our lives, on the house of our lives, with the cross and its sacrifice, the final death angel will pass over our life. Will not harm us. We will simply step in to new life. That is our hope. And someday it shall be our reality. Paul said in 1 Corinthians, he says, Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. It was the apostle Peter who told us, you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver and gold from your futile life, inherited from your forefathers, but with the precious blood as of a lamb, unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. It is Christ's blood poured out that seals the new covenant of grace between God and man. You don't have to go out and get your flawless little lamb and bring it to a temple altar. Once and for all, the Lamb of God cried out to all the earth as he hung between heaven and earth on a cross. And he said, it is finished. You can't add to that with your good works. You cannot earn your way into heaven. But through the cross, liberty, freedom, access, you become sons and daughters of the living God. Oh, is your heart rejoicing with me as we approach, approach? Our table, our feet are under the table. We're at the table of the Lord. 
It was his blood that sealed the covenant of grace. Our salvation depends upon his work. It's what some would call the exchange life. John would write in his first chapter, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And as many as received him, have you received him? As many as received him, to them he gave the power to become sons of God. Today, confirm that you've received him. The only people I would say don't partake is if I don't want him. That's your choice. Isn't that amazing? The God of the universe gives you that choice. I want to say it as nice as I can, but you can go to hell if you want to. If you do not want his salvation today, do not partake. But if you do, receive the cup with gladness. And when you receive, by faith, drink deeply of his spirit in an act of surrender. Commit yourself fully to Jesus Christ. My goodness. This is like a pop surprise. Got to put a little tab right there to pick that up. There it is. It represents the body of our Lord Jesus Christ. If there's anyone that do we have some of those? If there's anyone that did not get one of these coming in and you want one, put your hand up. We'll see that you get one right away. Now, as we partake of his body, this is an altar call. I don't know what you need this morning, but I severely need some healing in my body. I don't know if anything's wrong or just everybody who gets this old feels this way. (laughs) But I'm believing God. You see, healing doesn't depend upon how I feel. It depends upon what his word says. What What is it that you need to happen through his healthy body sacrificed for you? Do you need to simply say, Lord, I receive you as my Savior? Jesus blessed the bread. Oh, what a blessing. You know what this means? It means that when I am resurrected, I will not have a broken body. It'll be well like the body of Jesus. I can hardly wait to try going through walls like he did. I'm not being silly. I just want to illustrate. We have no idea. Eye has not seen, neither has ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for you. I know, he says, but he's revealed it in his word. I don't know if our mind's capable of understanding what he's revealed, but let's keep trying. He blessed the bread. Father, We take the blessed bread today. And with all what Jesus paid for in giving his body as sacrifice for us, 
Let it become a part of us. And he said, take, eat. This is my body. And then the cup of the new covenant in his blood. Oh. When I think about the power of the blood, the blood of Jesus Christ running from his hands, his feet, and his head, and his side down onto the earth. Every time there's an earthquake, I know this is, not, this is not scripture, this is just me and my imagination, but I think of the scripture that says the whole earth groans and travails until that time. And when the earth shakes, and it does that in California, I think it's just the earth groaning and travailing. Someday it'll be all right. There'll be a new heaven and new earth. Wherein dwells Righteousness. This is our promise. What is it that you need to tell Jesus right now? Is he speaking to you about a habit that is destructive to your life? Or maybe it's a perfectly good habit, but it's detracting you from Jesus and from God and your time that should be spent in service to him. Maybe it's a sin. But it doesn't have to be a sin can be some innocent thing that becomes a sin because it controls your life. Would you tell him about it right now if you want deliverance? You want his help? Holy Spirit, the comforter. That means the one that comes alongside of you and helps. Talk to him now. This is it. This is the altar. This is the moment. This is what the blood of Christ was shed for. Heavenly Father, sometimes I'm too quick to speak without running my words by you. Cleanse me, forgive me. I want to drink by faith deeply of your Holy Spirit. And I surrender myself completely to you, Jesus. And I may have to do this again and again and again to be filled with your holy presence. I see your sacrificial death, the great sacrifice you've made. I'm not only looking back at that, but I'm looking ahead when you shall come and the trumpet shall sound. And until then, Lord, with your people, I'm committing myself to live for you. Would you stand with me, church, as we take the cup? He took the cup and he blessed it. He said, this is the new covenant in my blood, a covenant of grace. There is no sin too big that I cannot deliver you from it and wash away. On my own, I am so imperfect, but I have a perfect Savior, and the cup represents the perfection you have imparted to me. And he said, drink all of it. You've been listening to Bakersfield First Assembly's weekly broadcast. BFA is located on the corner of California and Marilla Way. 
We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. in person and online on Facebook and YouTube. For more information, check out our website, bakersfieldfirst.com, or download our app from the App Store.